The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, I always enjoy once in a while when we sit down and just talk. Uh, no guest will join us here today, but we're going to talk about cancer and answer the question, what if I get cancer? Yes, just you and I, buddy, and I love our time together. Uh, first of all, we have more time to kind of expound upon some things and mm-hmm. kind of dig around uh, into some um, really meaty areas. And this is going to be a good conversation today because I'll be honest with you, uh, as I've shared on the show and as uh, individuals who have listened, you know, I've been in this arena now for 20 plus years. Is that right? Yeah. You know, uh, I just uh, experienced my 24th anniversary huh. supporting cancer patients or working from a cancer care perspective, from a ministry perspective. You must like what you do. I think, I think I'm okay <laughs> in this arena. I think I can do this. I'm starting to get some confidence with yeah, this. Yeah, you're great at it. Um, the, I've often over the years have thought about what if I mm-hmm. should get cancer. And I've had this conversation with my wife and other individuals, and people get a little weirded out when you say that. But the fact of the matter is, let's first start with what we know, Mm -hmm. that according to the American Cancer Society, it is uh, estimated that one out of every three people potentially will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in their lifetime. So when we look at those numbers and we just kind of process that, potentially that could be you or I or someone close to us that may one day be diagnosed with cancer. Now, I am not a gloom and doom kind of guy. No, this is not a downer program, is it's, it? <laughs> it's not. And for those that, you know, have the the theological perspective of, you know, negative confession, this is not a negative confession. But the reality is potentially I could or you could or anyone could potentially at some point be diagnosed with cancer and the question to be asked is, what if I do have cancer? What would I do? How would I react? What would be my response? And so it's sort of like the idea of a fire drill. Yeah. You know, if you never prepared for a fire drill, you really wouldn't know what to do when it was time mm-hmm. to actually have a fire. And so I think that's the way that I'd like to set this up and frame this conversation for today. We're not speaking cancer on anyone, and nor are we believing or expecting anyone to have cancer. But we should at least give some thought to what if I should ever have cancer. Well, I think it's a healthy question to ask. Yep. It really is because, you know, we need to be prepared uh, for whatever the future holds. Right? I agree. I agree with you 100%. Sir. All right. Well, we're going to get into it here today. What if I have cancer? Uh, we're going to share some scripture with you during the program today. Hope is a key word that's going to come out in this conversation. Oh, absolutely. And always should be part of our discussion and our dialogue. Absolutely. Well, we have a free resource that we want to offer you as a part of our program today. It's called Cancer Symptoms and Causes. We, we try to educate. And, and that's what this resource is aimed at doing, is just giving you more information. Uh, maybe you're already in a cancer journey, or maybe a loved one is. Maybe you're thinking about this question, what if I get cancer someday? These resources can help. Well, because we have a spiritual component to our show, uh, this is not per se a religious program. And I want to be clear about that to say this, that we want to provide really good information that will help people. We're not doctors. We're not right. clinicians. Uh, we're not providing any medical advice. 
But the intent of this show is to provide health, mm-hmm. hope, and inspiration. There and may go. I add in there information so that people also will have some things to at least think about and to uh, proceed uh, down the road when it's time to to give some thought to some things that will help them kind of move through a process and at least seek out more information. Yeah, let me add to that that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. So keep that in mind. But again, this resource is called Cancer Symptoms and Causes. You can download it right now. Make as many copies as you like to share. And it's found at healthhopeandinspiration.com. It's that simple, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And when you do, click on Sponsor to learn more. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. There's that word. You're going to hear it a lot this half hour. Yes, sir. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America use a state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, after hosting, I don't know, how many programs have we done together, Percy? Close to 200 at this point. I, I think I know how you operate, and you always like to operate from God's Word. And as we should, it is the basis and the foundation of where we start and end uh, anything. And so with that for today, as our foundation and our platform and our spiritual nugget that we want to frame this discussion around, Psalms 31, Psalms 31, verse 24. And if you're following along and listening, pull out your Bible, pull out your electronic Bible, or write this down somewhere. Psalms 31, Verse 24, and it reads as follows, very familiar passage of Scripture. Be of good courage, hallelujah, and he shall, he, capital H, by the way, E, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope, praise God, in the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. That's going to be our basis for a framework for this discussion today, Wayne. All right. And the discussion is all around this question, what if I get cancer? Again, it's not uh, gloom and doom. Nope. We're just uh, we're kind of being preemptive, aren't we? We're yeah. just getting our minds in the right frame uh, to uh, to answer that question. As we say on the south side of Chicago, we're just trying to keep it real today. <laughs> all right. And we're trying to keep it real so we can really keep it. Okay. <laughs> so let me ask this question. Talk about those who do get cancer. Who gets cancer? Well, it's a great question. First and foremost, let's understand this, that cancer is is not discriminate. It does not discriminate against anyone from a race perspective, uh, from a, uh, a social economic creed, income, uh, dare I say, even political affiliation. At the end of the day, cancer affects all of us, and we are all subject to the possibility of what cancer can do. Uh, there are some things that we do know that impacts certain risk factors. And we've talked about that on mm-hmm. this show. Actually, uh, one of our previous shows with Carolyn Lammersfield uh, talked about risk factors and lifestyle factors. Right. And so if you've never heard that show, go back and archive uh, and hear that. But there are certain risk factors that we can be aware of that we may or may not have some control over. But this disease affects all types of people, basically. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up those risk factors. We can't predict who's going to get cancer, but there are certain risk factors that are predictable. Uh, And we should be mindful of them. Yeah. All right. We'll keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, Let's talk theologically. Uh, Sin and cancer. Is there a connection there? Yeah. Let's let's start here. And I want to take my time a little bit here. Good. Good. Obviously, uh, health, hope, and inspiration. um, 
you know, I remember when we set out and, and, and launched this show and we wanted to frame it in a certain way. First and foremost, this is a program that is sponsored by the Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And the Cancer Treatment Centers of America is not a religious organization. It is not even a faith-based organization. It is a faith-friendly organization. And as you state in, in many of our disclaimers, uh, spirituality is provided to anyone based upon request. But the fact of the matter is, uh, at Cancer Treatment Centers of America as an institution and an organization, we see people from all sorts of faith theological backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about from this perspective, uh, theologically, we are using a Christian vantage point that we're going to now unpack this school of thought around. And from a Christian uh, perspective and vantage point, and there may be individuals who are listening to this show who may or may not be a Christian. And we want to say to you, thank you for listening. We love you and we respect your theological Absolutely. Pos- uh, position. But from a Christian vantage point, according to uh, Holy Scriptures, Romans, the fifth chapter in the 12th verse frames this school of thought from a Christianity perspective, okay. that therefore, just as sin entered into the world, through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. The Christian school of thought and vantage point is that sin, the the world that we live in is a fallen world and sin entered uh, through the disobedience of, of one man, which was Adam. And from there, uh, mankind needed to be redeemed. And so, therefore a savior, Jesus Christ, the savior, again, from a Christian vantage point, uh, died, was crucified and resurrected and sacrificed for the sins of all mankind. And therefore, uh, we have been redeemed from the curse of the law. But the fact of the matter is the curse of the law still exists within the three dimensional world where uh, our natural bodies are susceptible to all sorts of different things. And sickness and disease is one of them and death, as a matter of fact. So from a theological perspective, Christian theological perspective, uh, we work from that vantage point. So when we talk about sin filled world, that's how sin entered into the environment yeah. of the three dimensional. Well, it wasn't part world. of God's original plan. That's, for us, that was is it? correct. Yeah, that it is was exactly, because of sin. That is exactly correct. So we start there, not necessarily that any one person has particularly sinned or done anything, but that that's part of the dynamic of the fallen state of Adam. So this can be traced all the way back to that uh, that school of thought. And everybody, if you want a reference point, you know Genesis one and I believe six or somewhere around there helps to unpack that story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, through one man and death through sin. And so um, when, when he sinned, sin was introduced to the world and that sin began to produce decay, pain, sickness, and disease immediately. That's what we are contending with. Even as redeemed believers, we still have to contend with sickness, death, and disease. That's what, that's yeah. where we are right now. But having said that, it's not our, we're not being punished with disease, are we? We're not cancer being, or otherwise. We're not being punished per se. Per- personally, I mean that is correct. Per se and personally, we're not being punished. But all human beings, again, from a Christian vantage point, are subject to the laws 
of sin and death. Mm-hmm. Now, we have, uh, from a redeemed uh, New Testament perspective, and so this is where I'll probably get into a little debate or have some others that may want to debate this uh, school of thought from a New, a New Testament Christian perspective. Uh, we've been redeemed from the law of sin and death, but that doesn't mean that we still don't have to deal with the effects. Yeah, we're not exempt from there the effects. There we go. Yeah. There we go. So there, we've been redeemed, yes. Uh, for the theologian that's listening, writing down, taking notes, waiting to send me a nice email, you know, Reverend McCray, what happened to the finished work of Christ on Calvary's cross? Yes, we have been redeemed from the law of sin and death, but we are still subject to the effects of the law of sin and death. And part of that is sickness and disease. Now, this is where it gets into a hairy area because this is where we get into certain theological camps uh, that say that we believe in divine healing and that we believe in uh, uh, confessing the word of God. Mark 11, 22 and 23, uh, you shall pray and believe and you shall receive, lay hands on the sick according to James and the sick shall recover, et cetera, et cetera. And all of those are part of the New Testament covenant or contract that we have as believers believers in Jesus Christ being redeemed from the law of sin and death, but it does not exempt or guarantee the fact that we are not subject to some of the effects of that. And that's where it gets a little murky for us because we still have to deal with the dynamics of that. Of course, because we don't have the mind of God, we don't know whether our sin is connected to any disease we might contract. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's possible Mm -hmm. because we don't know what God's purposes are. We don't. And so at the end of the day, we, we, we prepare for the best. Uh, you know, we expect the best and then we, we have to prepare for the worst that may happen in our lives. So let's go down this road. We've talked about it on this show. We've attempted to unpack this. You know, do I is my cancer a result of sin in my life? And we've we've talked about that. And we're going to get to this point here in just a second mm-hmm. that uh, on the level of one's personal sin may or may not have anything to do with that. According to James 515, it gives us a nice framework biblically from a Christian perspective. OK. And James 515 helps us to understand. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. So let's talk about the sin component. Even in the context of our sins that we may have uh, committed, sins of omission, sins of commission, we also have an advocate and a pathway by which our sins can be forgiven. So that helps us to kind of work through the dynamic, okay, maybe I did do something. Maybe I smoked all of my life. Maybe I didn't eat properly. You know, again, there's a sin called the sin of gluttony. Mm -hmm. You know, it's directly related to diet and and disproportionate eating. Uh, Or maybe I just kind of lived a riotous lifestyle you know, that I drank. We know that drinking and alcohol has an association and a correlation uh, with cancer now. So that begins to kind of get into that area of, well, is that part of my sin? Well, if and indeed that may be the case where we've dropped the ball on our part, we now have the ability to be forgiven of our sins. And so we get that covered, put that under the blood of the lamb. Uh, This scripture shows us that a person's sickness could be in connection with sin and it might not have any or it may not have any connection to that. Because it says that we have sinned, they may have and they may not have. So, again, we don't know that. Yeah, we're we not God. We, we yeah. don't know. Right. So, But we can't play the game of what if, why, because what happens there, and I want to make this point again, we can spin our wheels and waste our energy and our time trying to answer that question versus getting this settled. Our sins have been covered, forgiven, and redeemed. Now we can move on and put our energies in the direction of 
of, of attack so that we can possibly get well. Well, there's interesting teaching about this in John chapter 9, isn't there? When, when they came to Jesus with the question, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? And so the answer to that question is fantastic because Jesus said neither, neither this man nor his parents have sinned. But the but the biblical answer here is, is that he says, but this has been allowed to happen that the will of God may be performed mm-hmm. or demonstrated manifested. It, and yeah. manifested yeah. in the life of this individual. So when we begin to kind of put all of our theological uh, nuggets together to give us a, a concrete school of thought, We've talked about sin. We've talked about the fallen state of the world. We've talked about the possibility of personal sin. Now let's talk about the possibility of things that are happening or may have happened to us from a physical uh, impairment perspective that then had nothing to do with our personal sin but the will of God being executed in our lives. And for some people, theologically, that may be a little tough to handle. But that's what the Scripture says here. Well, thanks for going a little deeper with us on this question, which is a fundamental question. But here's... Here's one thing we can know. Anybody can get cancer. It's it, As you said at the beginning, it does not discriminate. Right. We need to just simply embrace the fact we don't need to run and hide and try to board up our, our windows and our doors and not go out. But the reality is, at the end of the day, any one of us at any point in time potentially can be stricken with this disease. Okay. But let's turn the corner here. Regardless of the circumstances, there is always hope. Well, that's the big point. That's the big aha moment here. At the end of the day, what I love and one of the fundamental reasons why I am a believer in Christ Jesus is that my theological understanding of who God is in the broad picture of sending Christ is that mankind needed a redeemer. Mankind needed a savior. Mankind needed to be uh, taken from a fallen state and then put back in right standing with God. And that is driven by basically three dynamics, God's love, God's uh, grace, and and then producing hope. Hmm. We It gives us hope today. And again, we've defined that, and we're going to go through that in just a second, that when we talk about the promise of hope, the availability of hope, uh, hope is available to all of us through the faith of God that we cannot necessarily muster up ourselves or try to manufacture ourselves because in some cases we can find ourselves in very hopeless situations that we don't have anything to draw upon, but we can draw upon that which has redeemed us, has saved us, and repositioned us back before God. And so God's promises of hope. Let's talk about that first area of hope, if you will. Hope is available to everyone. Hope that, is, yeah, that, that first one, you've already mentioned the verse here at the beginning of the program today. Exactly. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen Strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. My hope is not in Wall Street. My hope is not in Back Street. Uh, my hope is not in Up Street or Down Street. My hope is in the Lord because he is He is God of all. He is creator of all. And that's where the source of my hope initially begins and starts. And that supersedes the possibility Uh, and the potentiality of uh, the attack of sickness and disease and any other negative thing uh, that I may be confronting. So that gives me good courage, and that's why the Scripture tells us that, because it will strengthen our heart. What cancer patients and people who are dealing with negative circumstances need is strength of heart and not the organ that pumps blood in the vessels of the of the body but the heart uh, is talking about from a spiritual perspective the inner consciousness of where we think and dream and imagine and have a a perception of our reality that part of our being needs to be strengthened 
and our strength can come from God who gives us hope in him in the midst of even negative circumstances. Yeah, that verse in Psalm 31, 24 says, be of good courage. It doesn't say be of good courage when things are going well. That is correct. And I'm sure it wasn't going well for the psalmist when he wrote that. That is correct. (laughs) So God's strength is not just for those who hope in him once they get to heaven. So we need to be conscious of that. Everything will be fixed there. So we always talk about when I get to, when we all (laughs) get to, well, what about on the earth? What about right here and now? I need a piece of heaven here today. I'm, I'm struggling with my bills now. I'm struggling with my children now. I'm struggling with negative situations now. So God's hope is for us here now. We need the strength here and now. And that is exactly where it is available because of uh, our strength uh, in our heart and the hope that comes from the Lord, according to Psalms 31:24. And that source of strength and hope is the Lord himself. It is indeed him. No one else. Uh, I tell people all the time, I'm only a Christian for one reason. I'm not a Christian necessarily because of other Christians. I'm a Christian because of Christ, the promise of the hope that came from God. Hallelujah. Yep, yep. I'm thinking of Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Well, this particular scripture helps us to understand that God's strength flows through hope. So we're not just talking about pie in the sky. We're just not talking about wishful thinking. Again, going back and it attaches back to the uh, to our opening scripture, Psalms 31, 24. When we begin to understand that God's promise of hope, the promise of hope, then there is strength that flows through that hope. There's an ability and an aptitude that allows us to do things that we couldn't do on our own. I want people to kind of get an image, if you will, in their mind of when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth and comes out and he's Superman. Again, he has put on a a strength and an ability that didn't come from his own uh, human uh, makings at the end of the day. There's something that happens to us. And I can stand here today on the tallest mountain and declare that I have experienced the strength of God that has come upon me because of the hope of God that has empowered me mentally, emotionally, and in this particular context, potentially physically, to do things that I could never do in and of myself. And so this is really talking about how uh, God's strength flows through his hope. No matter uh, what it looks like, sounds like, or feels like, there is hope. There is hope right now and in this world, and there is hope in the life to come, obviously, that we potentially can have a better day. And that will strengthen people to do amazing things. You've been given a unique vantage point, uh, serving with Cancer Treatment Centers of America and working with hospital chaplains around the country. You have seen this borne out time and time again. You see hope in people who have no earthly reason to have hope because they're going through a real severe trial. Well, but at the same time, God imbues them with hope. Well, the the operative word there, they had no earthly reason. Right. The word, when we use the word earth in that context, is talking about the mortal strength or the mortal ability. Yeah. The, what, we, what we see, hear, and feel is just the perception of the reality around us. When we talk about who God is, so let's kind of, let's get a little theological here. <laughs> when we talk about God, God is not limited to the uh, the dynamics of the three-dimensional world. Mm-hmm. God created the three-dimensional world. That's right. God created the world, but he sits outside of the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe it's uh, John that says that uh, in the beginning there was God, and then uh, God was with us, and then God was among us. God created everything around us, but he's not limited to that which he created. And so there is no earth. So let's get back to the point. There is no earthly reason in some cases 
for people to be hopeful. But we're not talking about an earthly reason. We're not talking about a heavenly reason, a divine reason for people to then establish themselves and ground themselves and root themselves in the idea that I have an earnest expectation that the God that I serve, the God that I'm associated with, and however people may want to associate themselves with God because of different theological pathways of association with God, from a Christian perspective, we associate ourselves with God and align ourselves with God through Christ Jesus. But our sense of connection to God then gives us a hope that transcends the three-dimensional world of what we see, hear, taste, and feel that can empower us and engage us to do amazing things. Think about the statements that uh, you hear people make, particularly when they're in distress. I say this all the time for people who may want to debate the issue of, well, I don't believe that there is a God. The average person, when they find themselves in a state of crisis, uh, when they find themselves in a state of uh, tremendous fear, uh, will say something to the effect of, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, God, mm-hmm. there is something, I believe, intrinsically wired inside of the human being of every person that under stress and under turmoil will call out and cry out to God. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, God transcends and supersedes the three-dimensional environment that we live in. And that's why When we talk about godly hope, the promise of hope, strength flows through God's hope, that that at the end of the day, we have a power that is working in us that is not limited by the three-dimensional world that we live in. All right. Well, thank you. I know you have more you want to say about hope, but let me pause for just a moment and remind our listeners of our free resource. Each week, we offer a new resource, and this one is Cancer Symptoms and Causes. You can download it at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And don't just use the website, pass the website on to other mm-hmm. friends and neighbors and mm-hmm. family members that would benefit from it as well. Health, hope, and inspiration.com. Look for cancer symptoms and causes. With hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit that website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about your questions. The phone number is 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Today with Percy McRae, we're talking about uh, and answering the question, what if I get cancer? And we've, we've kind of moved into the area of hope here. So, so helpful. But again, you know, you are in a place where you have seen person after person who exhibit the kind of hope that we're talking about. And and in this environment, and it's, it's interesting, and I've shared this uh, many times before, when I first entered into the, the space of healthcare, uh, medicine, and science, where religion and spirituality uh, was really trying to get its footing in terms of how will they amalgamate and mm-hmm. integrate with each other uh, in a way that will be helpful and beneficial, 
uh, one of the the points of interest that has been debated in the marketplace and in the public square has always been hope, false hope. Uh, You know, are we offering people false hope? Is it false hope to tell people that despite uh, a negative diagnosis or uh, et cetera, et cetera, to to continue to believe and possibly expect good things to happen to them? And so within the context, again, from a spiritual perspective, it is it is important to understand that when we talk about hope, hope is intrinsically uh, associated and tied to the human spirit of every individual that connects back to faith. Right. Faith as a, as a term from a definition perspective simply means the ability to believe. We've talked about it before. When I take my car key and put it in the ignition of my car, I am not a mechanic. I know nothing about pistons. How does that work? I don't know anything about an O-ring. I don't know anything about combustion or four-barrel carburetor or or fuel injection or, 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 or turbo engineering. I know nothing about a wishbone suspension. I know key and ignition. And, and my ability to believe is that when I take this thing called key, and I put it in this thing called ignition, something's going to happen to this thing that I'm sitting in called car. That's faith, the ability to believe. I did not have to become an automobile engineer in order to operate my dollars $100,000 vehicle. All I needed is the ability to believe that when I took key and I put it in ignition, something is supposed to happen. Wayne, have you ever watched the look on your face when your car doesn't start up? <laughs> you are shocked. That's right. And amazed. What is going on? Hey, all I was supposed to do was take my key and put it in a thing called ignition, and something was supposed to happen. The point that I'm simply making, we operate a thing called faith every day in every way. We don't necessarily know all of the moving and working components of how things are supposed to work, but we, uh, but we believe and processes are supposed to take place when we do X, Y, and Z. That is connected to the idea of hope. When a person believes that something possible can happen, it gives them an expectation. That's what hope does for us. And every cancer patient, I'm going to say it loud and clear, Every cancer patient simply is looking for expectation of a possibility. Is there a possibility for me to do something? Is there a possible treatment that I can take? Is there a possibility that I can have a quality of life? X, Y, and Z. And that's all that they're asking for. They're not asking necessarily for someone to promise them a cure, but they are looking for a possibility to do something and move beyond their situation. So when we talk about hope, let's get back to our lesson. The last thing here. God's blessing comes through hope. Psalms 146 and 5. Blessed are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Hope can become the pathway to happiness, joy, and blessings. It can bring light. Here's the big aha. It can bring light in a dark room. It can make a difference in a dark set of circumstances Mm -hmm. because I am expecting the possibility of something good to happen to me because I have chosen to believe in a process, even though I don't know all of the working components of how that is going to manifest. It makes all the difference. And at the end of the day, it makes all of the difference between people who continue to fight 
versus people who sit down and say, listen, there's nothing else I can do, so I won't show up for the battle. Just remember this, cancer can happen to anyone, but hope is available to everyone. At all times. And we don't need a prescription and we don't need a doctor's order for that. No. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Go to the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Just type in those four words, .com, and look for this week's free resource, Cancer Symptoms and Causes, healthhopeandinspiration.com. It was so good when you opened today with Psalm 3421. Can we circle back to that one? Well, let's close strong the way that we started out. And Psalms 3124 says, be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Reverend McCray, how can I be of good cheer? I'm dealing with some really negative stuff. Be of good cheer and he, capital H-E, will strengthen or shall strengthen your heart. All you who hope in the Lord, not my real estate agent, uh, not my accountant, not my banker, but my hope today and hopefully yours is as well is in the Lord. Be of good cheer and he shall strengthen your heart and all you who hope in the Lord. Be encouraged today that possibly tomorrow is a better day. The best, I believe, Wayne, is still yet to come. Who said that? Percy McRae, Reverend McRae, Pastor P, our host here from Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Percy, God bless you. Hey, let's keep chopping the wood. We've got work to do. And you join us next time, once again, for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.